0: One of my wishes when we first got married uh, was that Louisa's favorite Italian word would be the word tesoro. The word tesoro translates treasure. And I had a fantasy that I would hear that word morning, noon, and night. First thing in the morning, tesoro. I can't believe, I thank God, that I get to wake up next to you every morning. Would you like a coffee and some cooked breakfast? She'd leave for work, she'd say tesoro. It'll, these next 9 hours are going to be the nine most painful hours of my day apart from you she texts me early afternoon tesoro i'm counting down the minutes until i get to see you again anyway when well, we got married she told me to surrender that fantasy her favorite italian word is not tesoro her favorite italian word is vendetta which translates revenge now we used to argue a lot so there was a lot of vendetta going on in our relationship. We didn't argue anymore. I figured a, a, an easy uh, antidote. Guys, you probably want to listen to this. Now, after 18 years of marriage, I've wised up. You know, Now, when I can sense a little disagreement coming on, I simply say, honey, we could fight about this. Or I could simply agree with you. The problem with the second approach is that then we'd both be wrong. Oh, so you have to think about that one, all right. You guys don't try that at home. All right, vendetta, she loves that word. She's a real justice person. When we, we, we don't watch the mainstream uh, TV news anymore, but when we used to watch what I call the mainstream TV news, we'd sit there, and it's just all the same rubbish. That's why we don't watch it anymore. We'd sit there, you know, watching, and uh, uh, there'd be a story about some pedophile, and Louisa would be like, cut his junk off. That's her solution. You know. Then there'd be a story about some guy, you know, domestic violence issue. Leave me alone for five minutes with that guy. Louise pretty strong. All about vendetta, all about revenge, this, this justice style of Revenge. She's a real justice person, and uh, that's why we don't fight anymore. Used to beat me up, <laughs> um. <clears throat> but actually, it's not a new uh, thing. In Jesus' day, the one of the prevailing cultural norms was this uh, revenge-type justice. In fact, it's in the Bible. You read it for yourself. That the the idea then was that the punishment should fit the crime. They, in fact, just said simply, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If somebody takes something from someone else, you are legally allowed to take the same thing back from them. There was this cultural thing about revenge-type justice. I would argue that today, one of the prevailing cultural trends here in Western society 2016 is the cultural trend or the cultural mindset of tolerance. Now... (laughs) I don't know, that that may not be breaking news to anyone. We hear that word thrown around a lot. But but have you thought that the actual definition of tolerance has changed in the last two decades? See, about 20 years ago, the way we defined tolerance is that every person was of equal value, okay? And and, and tolerance became a, a very strong cultural norm in Western civilization. And in that context, I really love it. Now, however, the definition of tolerance seems to have morphed. It's not so much about every person having equal value. Now it seems to me that the idea of tolerance is more about every idea and every behaviour, more dangerously, is of equal value. So much so that, that it's, almost, it's almost unacceptable nowadays to label anything as wrong. If you label somebody's behaviour as somebody's idea as wrong, you're labeled as being intolerant. And uh, there's some pretty deep-seated consequences of that type of mindset. You know, we've sanitized whole categories of behaviors that were once considered wrong. Let me start with an example of sexual sin. It's getting hot in here. Sexual sin, we used to have names for sexual sin, and the names or the labels suggested that the behavior was wrong. We used to call pornography, pornography. Now, we call it adult entertainment. Honey, let's sit down for a relaxing Saturday evening of adult entertainment. We don't call premarital sex premarital sex anymore. We call it fooling around. Sounds like a game. Everyone wants to play it. We don't call adultery adultery anymore. We just call it having an affair. It's an affair. No problem. And and with this mentality comes this quote that the opening video had and it may be something you've heard yourself. It doesn't matter what I do, so long as I don't hurt anybody. There's nothing wrong with swinging a baseball bat in an empty room. Only problem is, it's very rare that you and I, metaphorically speaking, are in an empty room. In the context of relationships, families, business settings. We are very rarely in an empty room and very rarely will swinging a baseball bat cause no damage either to ourselves or the people around us. See, many unwise actions are done either at the time or downstream with other people in range. About 18 months ago, I read uh, the um, news feed uh, coming through on my iPad about a guy named Brent McSwain. And the reason that jumped out at me is Brent McSwain was a a triathlete that I uh, would regularly race against. And a local triathlete, very good athlete. And it was a Saturday morning. I'd just come back from a bike ride, ironically. And the reason it's ironic is the headline was that Brent McSwain was on his way uh, to meet his fiance. He's a fiery, he was working in the city. He was riding along Welshpool Road. He was gonna meet her up in the hills. He didn't turn up at the... A lot of time, she found out that he'd been sideswiped by a drunk motorist who was on his way back from a big boozy night out at the casino. Instantly killed. It doesn't matter if I have a few extra drinks at the casino as long as I don't hurt anyone. I can swing the baseball bat at the casino as long as I don't hurt anyone. Well, nine hours later, he took Brent McSwain's life. Very rare that our actions don't have any implications either to ourselves or to other people around us. We don't live in isolation. A friend of mine, a number of years ago, was leading a church at the time, growing church, incredible uh, what God was doing in that church. And it came out in the wash sometime in uh, his story that he'd been having an affair with one of the girls on the music team. And he, he, was, he was married with kids. So look, when you're married with kids, you shouldn't sleep with someone who's not your wife. Like, that's hopefully not breaking news to anyone here. When you lead a church, you also shouldn't sleep with someone who isn't your wife. Plus, his fooling around, having an affair, uh, got her pregnant. And so... Very rarely do we swing the baseball bat and not ultimately damage ourselves or someone else. And yet we think, it doesn't matter what I do as long as I don't hurt anyone. Now, I'm a church leader, so I'm never gonna throw the church under the bus. I love the church. But I think one of the shortcomings of the church <laughs> is that we've... we've uh, Often we only describe sin as a heavenly problem. You know, don't do this. God told you don't do this because it makes him mad. And don't make God mad. Sin makes God mad. that's, That's what we've often talked about. And we've ignored the fact that while sin is a heavenly problem, it also has earthly consequences. God didn't just say to not do a bunch of stuff because it makes him mad, he also said to not do a bunch of stuff because it hurts us and it hurts other people. That's what sin does. Sin damages somebody, somewhere, sometime. And yet, we can easily buy into the myth that it doesn't matter what I do as long as I don't hurt anyone. Sins hurt us, sins move us away from becoming the person God created us to be. Now, am I messing with your head enough already? Oh, you're so quiet because you're dumbstruck. Love that. Wow. <laughs> you may not have actually said it doesn't matter if I, what I do as long as I don't hurt anybody, but whether the, that explicit uh, phrase has come out of your mouth or someone else's mouth around you, let me give you a couple of spinoffs that that, that, that mindset, that cultural ethic may have generated that you may resonate with. You ever... Heard someone say, oh, I'm not a bad person. You know, and you intended to say that after you've done something daft. Oh, I'm not a bad person. Okay, moment of honesty. I, I need you to respond here. Let, let, me, let me, I'm gonna ask three questions. I oh, want you to be honest here. Will you put your hand up if any of these apply to you. How many of you have ever told a lie? Come on. If your hands are up, you're lying right now, all right? Hand up, good, put it down. How many of you have ever stolen something? I've stolen lots of things, all right, lots of things, all right. Good, very good. And uh, how many of you have ever looked lustfully at someone? Come on, guys, you're pathetic. Yeah, the ones sitting next to their wives are too terrified to put your hand up. Wow. Well. so here's the thing, right there. Some of you are liars. Some of you are thieves, and some of you are adulterers. And some of you, myself included, are all of them. They don't go around telling me you're not a bad person, you're flipping lying, thieving adulterer. And when someone says, I'm oh, that a bad person, the enablers go, Oh, of course you're not, honey. Not me. I'm not an enabler. I'm a truth teller. I say, yeah, not a bad person. Compared to who? Because we can always find someone worse than us to compare ourselves with, make us feel better about ourselves. Here's the thing, don't compare yourself with anybody. That's not how God called it. The only, in fact, the only standard we're meant to compare ourselves with is Jesus. And the fact of the matter is, compared to Jesus, we are all horrible people. That's good news. But that's Facebook. My promise said, you're all horrible people. Come to Elevate Church, it's fantastic, you'll love it. Paul wrote to the church in Rome, he just called it like it is. I like it, he's a, he's a truth teller too. This is what he said, chuck it up there, Riley. Wrote to them, there's nobody living right, not even one. Say so you're not a bad person, he's calling BS on that one. There's nobody living right, not even one. And by the way, this includes church leaders. It's kind of weird that some people think church leaders are perfect or think that they should be perfect. A um, number of years ago I was preaching and uh, telling a story, I like stories, telling a story about how this particular week leading up to this when I preached, I'd been uh, doing some, some, some run interval training at the park across the road from my house. And uh, so I'm doing my run training and people walk their dogs there and that's okay. We can coexist, it's fine. but but, but on this particular occasion, some of the dogs, one, one in particular, decided that it would be fun if as I'm running along, he or she, it, would just run in front of me repeatedly and then try and run in between my legs as I was running and then try and jump on me and lick certain body parts. It wasn't cool, not by me. And, and I don't get angry at the dog. Dogs are just being dogs. I get angry at the owners. They're the idiots in this equation. So I... So I'm telling the story, how when the dog had, you know, decided that I was a toy, uh, that I started yelling at the owner, and, and I started saying some adult words to the owner. I started dropping f-bombs on the owner. Well, this is a story I was telling. Finished preaching, all done, grab my coffee, whatever. The person came up to me. Mark, um, you probably shouldn't, you shouldn't, like when you're preaching, you probably shouldn't like tell people that you drop F-bombs because they might believe you and think that you actually do. You're like church leaders. And I'm like, what do you mean that they think I might actually do drop F-bombs? I do drop F-bombs. And if you don't like it, F off. They left the church the next week. They effed off. <laughs> they probably went looking for a church where the leader is perfect. Not a bad person. I'm the same as you. Compared to Jesus, we're all horrible sinners and we need him. Good thing is that he's a friend of sinners. I'm going to come back to that. Another cultural kind of spin off to this mindset that it doesn't matter what I do as long as I don't hurt anyone is that all sin is the same. Ever, 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 ever had that? kind of conversation, all sin is the same. Ever thought that, maybe? All sin is the same. Church people love them. Not everything they do. The church person that, that, that goes up to their friend in a dark space and says, hmm, hmm, you hear about Susie? You hear about Susie, Susie? I heard Susie's sleeping with Brian and they're not married. That's a sin. What I'd say to the person if they had that type of conversation with me is, well, I can't believe you're gossiping to me about Susie and Brian because that's a sin. And you don't get to do one and not the other. Don't tell me that that all sins are kind of ranked differently. And by the way, we're called to spread the gospel, not the gossip. Facebook that. Thank you to the two people that appreciated that. Gossip about that. It's good gossip. Now, let me qualify this: All sin is the same. Actually, all sin is the same in terms of all sin requires forgiveness and repentance, turning from that particular behavior. All, all sin requires that. But all sin is not the same in terms of the consequences. Of all sin, okay? Understand the difference there? All sin is the same in terms of needing forgiveness and repentance, but all sin is not the same in terms of the consequences. New Year's Eve, Stewie, you would have seen him here leading worship this morning. Stewie leads our music team. Stewie and I went for a bike ride, Uh, bike ride around. We've got a loop we do around the river, sort of uh, met him at his house. Uh, Wilson, we go down through Applecross, to Fremantle, around to Cotterslow up to uh, Claremont, back around. So it's called around the river ride. You're kind of hugging the, the lap, That's 60 Ks. Now, it's about a two hour ride for us. We'd probably get beeped maybe once an hour on average when we bike ride. So a two hour ride, we get beeped twice. 6 a.m., New Year's Eve, I don't know what was going on, but people hadn't taken their happy pills that particular morning. We were getting beeped, I don't know, maybe every 20 minutes. Beep, man, <laughs> man, uh, not cool. And uh, you know, we're getting people. You know, a meter didn't matter. We're getting like chicken wing by people's wing mirrors and on their cars. And one motorcyclist guy, <laughs> motorcycle, come up next to us. You boys got a death wish? I'm like, what? Weird. weird. This is weird to me. People understand that that roads aren't for cars. Aren't for transporting cars. You know, roads aren't for transporting cars. Roads are for transporting people. You're in the way of my car. Anyway, don't get me started. (laughs) At one stage, we're going along. I actually got punched by a guy walking. Punched. I know, but it's okay. It's okay. I felt sorry for him. Probably broke his fist. (sighs) Ladies, ladies, some of you are sinning right now. I told Louie when I got home, I "I got punched today. I've never been punched before. A lot of things have happened to me, I bike riding, never been punched before. She said, what you should have done is turn around and taken revenge (laughs) on me. You're a freaking one trick pony lady. Now, look, I'm cool as a cuke in these situations. You can tweet me, you can tell me I got a death wish, you can even punch me. I don't really care. But, but Stewie, that guy's got a temper, man. I mean, (laughs) Jesus, I come. Jesus, I come. Yeah, yeah, that's what you think. He's like Jekyll and Hyde, this guy. Okay, I, I got my iPhone. It's always on camera mode when I ride with him. First guy tooting. This is it. This is Stewie. Yeah. All right, mate. Next guy tooting. i have got this in video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toot me, all right. And then the, this is what he did to the guy that punched me. Check this out. Oh! Stewie. Stewie's like my personal bodyguard when it comes to cycling. You know, all unforgiven sin separates us from God. I think the guy that tutored us, I think the guy that flipped us the bird, I think the guy that, that asked me politely if we had a death wish, I think the guy that punched me, I think they should all ask Jesus forgiveness for those sins. But in reality, the actual consequences of all of those things, apart from the broken fist, not a real big deal. My guy, Brent McSwain, who got run off the road and killed, by the motorist, not just flipping the bird, not telling him he's got a death wish, actually killed him, you understand? It was also a sin, but the consequences were much different. All sin is the same in terms of requiring forgiveness and repentance, but not all sin is the same in terms of consequences. How many of you are dog owners here? And I'm, I'm not gonna drop F-bombs on you, unless you come to my park and let your dog loose, then it's unlike Donkey Kong. So I'm told, I'm not a dog owner, I'm told that, I don't know, it's, I don't know if it's all dogs, don't, don't, don't like, like, I don't even know what I'm talking about for the next two minutes. Okay, spoiler. Um, I'm told that some dogs, all dogs, I don't know, dogs, just say dogs, um, are known to vomit, and then at some point in the future, go back and eat their vomit. Is that true? That's just gross. I really hope that wasn't true. I read that on the internet. Of course, if it's on the internet. No, some things on the internet are true. Flipping dogs eat their own vomit. It's true. Damn. It's gross. It's gross. But, but it's not just gross. I mean, it's gross. But it's not just gross. It's also stupid. See, it's stupid because because Fido is like, buddy, oh, gross, what would you do? I'm about to serve you up a really delicious meal. But Fido doesn't know that. Fido thinks the best thing going around, he thinks, in fact, the only thing on the menu is the big V. It's the only choice. If I'm hungry... Only only choice is poo or vomit. I'm going vomit. Some dogs do both. I read that as well. I don't know. Is that true? Is that true? Oh gross. Uh, that's why we don't mic the audience for our podcasts, because Reese McLaughlin is in the audience. Reese, that's just gross. From now on, you're banned from speaking. (laughs) But here's the thing, a dog doesn't know that there's something better being prepared, so he eats his own vomit. If we keep going back and sinning, seems to me that we don't understand that Jesus has prepared something better. So we just keep going back to doing the old things, the gross things, the sinful things. Doesn't matter as long as I don't hurt anybody. Well, even if you don't hurt anybody, even if for some incredible cosmic um, evasion technique that you've developed, where all the sins you do, no matter what they are, when they are, somehow don't hurt anybody, that you've developed a cosmic ability to swing the baseball bat 24-7, 365, and never hurt anybody. I'll give you a reason not to do that because Jesus has prepared something better. (laughs) Don't worry about me, mate. Worry about yourself. We're not dogs. Paul went on to write. Same letter that he wrote to the Romans. But what do we do? What do we, what, what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving, keep on eating vomit, and then going, oops. I should hope not! Exclamation mark. If we let left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? I kind of add to that. Why would we still live in our own house there? Didn't you realize we've packed up and left there for good? The truth about sin is that sin is progressive. It's very rare that when somebody kills somebody, that that was the first thing they've ever done wrong. People talk about addictive addictions, that they often started something small and then progressed. Sin, sin's like that. Sin's progressive. Sin also grows best in the dark. Sin will take you further than you want to go, and it'll cost you more than you want to pay. We're going to realize that when we start out. Sin's also the greatest enemy to our intimacy with God. Unforgiveness, unforgiven sin actually causes separation. And if we want intimacy with God, something better than eating our own vomit, sin's gonna actually keep us separated from that. Our hearts start to harden, we're less sensitive to his voice. <laughs> and all of that sounds like terrible news. Go to the coffee shop, I turn the wrong way. <laughs> turn up at Elevate and this guy's talking about sin. Yeah, you know, it's, it's bad news. Pretty depressing. Actually. Called me a liar and a thief and an adulterer. <laughs> Bit harsh. Yeah, but it's only the beginning of the story. The, the better part of the story is that Jesus is a friend of sinners better part of the story is that Jesus prepared something better, and, 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 and the thing that he prepared that's better is forgiveness. The thing that he prepared that's better is a relationship with us. The thing that he prepared that's better is an ability for us with him working in us and through us, his, him empowering us, is we don't have to keep on sinning. Not just why would we, but actually, we don't even have to. We're not dogs. We're not mindless, uncontrollable people led by our appetite. <coughs> and I think the beginning of a new year is great opportunity. It's, every day is a great opportunity to make a fresh start. Let's just make that one thing clear. But, but we seem to have a bit of a cultural mindset that new years, new starts, new beginnings, that's great. So here's the deal. I'm going to talk to two groups of people real quickly. The first group is those of you who are already following Jesus. Is there any unforgiven sin? And don't, don't call it out. <laughs> is there any unforgiven sin in your life that you might, you, you know, just may not have gotten around to saying, Jesus, that was pretty stupid. I'm really sorry. I know that wasn't your best. I know it not only you know, makes you a little bit, but, yeah, I know that's damaging me and damaging the people around you. How about you get that right with God Now? Like not this week, like now. I'll give you. Don't hand the person next to you a list, <laughs> sweetheart. I've been watching you. It's you, you and God. Just think about that. It's kind of a reflective moment, I guess. It's anything. Just, 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 say, just say that prayer. Just say that prayer quietly. Jesus, forgive me for the, for, for that. Because the good thing is He's. And I've said this before. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He wants a relationship. He doesn't want the separation. He wants the intimacy. And if there's something in the way, you can clean that right now. Don't have to go to see a priest. You, Jesus. The second group I want to talk to real quickly is those of you that may not have yet started a relationship with Jesus. Before you kind of getting too hung up about the whole, what has God expected of me, first thing is to accept the invitation that he wants to have a relationship. With. New year, great time to start that relationship. So what I want to do right now is, those of you that have never started a relationship with Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity right now. And all I want you to do in a moment, for those of you that want to start that relationship with Jesus, is just have you put your hand up. Yeah, Jesus, that's me. I want to start that relationship with you. I need forgiveness, and, and you know, that's a prayer we'll pray, uh, but I want to do that because I want to have a relationship with you. So, those of you that have never made that decision to have a relationship with Jesus, how about you slip your hand out real quickly? And then, when I see your hand, you can put it down. And then, and I'm just going to quickly pray for you right where you're seated. Who needs to make that decision? Good on you, buddy. You can put your hand down. Who else? We're going to pray. Two miracles just happened. One miracle is that somebody just said that they want to follow Jesus for the first time. And that's, that's, that's a miracle. In fact, the way, the way it's described is, is, is it's the creation of new life happens in this moment. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive in him. Second miracle is that it was someone in the back couple of rows and I actually saw them. That's a miracle. With my 820 vision. <laughs> so, God really wanted this person to be here and to respond, and uh, even gave me a moment of visual acuity to see them. So, here's what I want to do. That's fantastic. One person put their hand up. We're going to pray. We're going to say a prayer, say it all together. And actually, in this prayer, I'm going to actually um, use the words uh, as part of this prayer Jesus, forgive me for all the sins that I've done. And <laughs> there's a good reason for us to all pray that prayer together. So how about you say these words after me, especially that person that lifted their hand. Dear Jesus, I thank you for today, for new life, for the forgiveness of my sins, for the fresh start. I commit from this day forward to follow you. I take the gift of a relationship with you. I'll use your strength to become the person you've created me to be. I'll use your strength to live the life you've called me to live. And again, I thank you for all you've already done and in advance for all you will do in Jesus' name. Amen, how about we give it up for that person?